Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN. The Sports Betting Network. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Alongside the one and only Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you from coast to coast. Michael's out there in Jersey. I'm live at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. And I know, Michael, everybody's coming into today hating on the Monday night football game that we witnessed last night. But I got to tell you, I think last night's game was so bad. It was good because I was on my toes. <laughs> there was suspense. Like it was like, yeah. like Oprah was handing out turnovers. You get a turnover. You throw an interception. I thought it was fun. It, it really was. I mean, at the end of the day, it was kind of a, what we expect. It was a classic no, late November game that probably should have played it at Old Met Stadium in the cold because that's what it looked <laughs> yeah. like, even though it was on, in perfect conditions. Missed field goal, turnovers, mistakes, you know, and the game comes down to the final few seconds. Look, no, the, the Minnesota Vikings have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, they, they gave the Bears the ball back. At midfield, when they went for it on fourth down with Joshua Dobbs, like I keep asking this question, like who do they think they are? Like we're going to convert fourth downs like this, and that that field goal resulted in they moved. They got one first down off that field goal, and they went ten plays that took thirty-four yards, ten plays to go thirty-four yards, and they kicked the field goal. And that field goal essentially is what beat them. I mean, that's what essentially beat them. And so even though they turned the ball over with two fumbles in the fourth quarter, they were able to have the ball last in in a track meet. Well, that's another part of this that's so remarkable to me. So the Bears, obviously it was a bad game overall. The Bears have that long drive to start the game, and it's a missed field goal, and you're like, Okay, so this is the kind of game that it's going to be. But the fact that the Bears went on to win this game, Michael, they break a 12-game division losing streak without scoring a touchdown. Like, <laughs> that's Justin Fields, yeah, he makes his mistakes, da, 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 but you expect him at least to, like, because he has the highs and lows. It's a little bit of a fire drill. He makes the dynamic plays, and then he makes the big mistakes. But you still expect him to get into the end zone. A 12-10 win for the Bears, no touchdown in sight for them. But we said it yesterday on the show that the Bears played Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson's version of the Vikings defensively well in Chicago. Remember, it was a 19-10 to game. 
that was the game that Fields, who ran the ball effectively, got hurt in. So we kind of, I, I kind of felt like, you know, the under was always going to be in play here, and we felt like the Bears were going to keep it close. They have been playing good defense. I mean, with this win last night, you could easily make the case they should be on a three-game win streak. I mean, they had Detroit beat, and they can let that one slip away. So I, I think, to me, you could see the Bears getting better defensively, and you could see that Josh Dobbs, for all the love and the fans, I mean, Josh Dobbs is going to revert back to being a quarterback who makes too many mistakes the more he has to play, right? You know, it's like if you have a baseball pitcher and you let him throw one inning, you love him. If you let him throw three, you're like, why do we keep him out there? I mean, that's a little bit about what Josh Dobbs, yeah, he can come in in relief, but the longer he has to play, he's going to make mistakes. And if he can't make plays with his feet like he did in the first couple games, it's harder on him. Yeah, so I was I was obviously on the Vikings yesterday, so I was a loser in this game. And you even said when we were previewing it, you thought this game was going to come down to which quarterback had better control of the football. And obviously Josh Dobbs throwing th- four interceptions is not going to be a recipe for success. Yet they still had the game in their hands late, which is remarkable. <laughs> yeah, but Michael, <laughs> the Josh Dobbs of it all I think is interesting because he has been this career journeyman backup type and it's been such a great feel-good story. Is is the story done with Josh Dobbs? That's yeah. that's my question. I think it is. And I mean, I could sense by Kevin O'Connell's frustration after the game that perhaps he needs to, he thinks he's going to go with Nick Mullen, somebody that maybe knows what he's doing and can deliver the ball. Now, there's no guarantee. We've, you've seen Nick Mullen as a 49er fan. I mean, I'm not sure you're running to the window to bet on Nick Mullen either. So, I, I mean, with the week off, look, they need Jefferson back. They've actually run the football more effectively in the last few weeks than they have prior to when Cousins was there. They couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, the last two weeks, I mean, they, they ran for 175 against Denver. Last night they ran for 73 against a very good run defense of Chicago. And, you know, Chicago was able to, to, to make enough plays, missed a field goal, but without being able to, to get that explosive play down the field and Dobbs turn it over, it was just too much. They, you know, at the end of the game, I said this just on, I was doing a McAfee show. I don't think Brian Flores slept last night. I think his final call on the indigo, which is a deep in, and a uh, which is a clear inside route, and a and a and an inside in inside route. You know, I'm sure he feels like I, I should have been able to play that better, and and Fields stepped up in the pocket, threw the ball from the pocket, and made a pretty good throw. One of his best throws of the night. Yep, hits DJ Moore in a moment where everybody's screaming at the TV. Why are we not getting to Justin Fields? But to your point about about the quarterback position for Minnesota, Michael, um, we did get to hear from Kevin O'Connell after the game on whether or not he did plan to move forward with Josh Dobbs. Here's O'Connell. We consider a quarterback change. We're going to take a look. Uh, you know, really evaluate. You know, the inventory of plays now we have of Josh. Uh, we got healthy. We got Jaron back, you know, available to us. And then Nick Mullins is available as well. Um, look, I, I think what Josh Dobbs has, has really done coming in here on short notice and really, you know, going, uh, you know, two and two in a, in a stretch where, uh, you know, a lot of people might have thought Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson being out, um, you know, the, the deck stacked against us. That's not the way this team thinks. That's not the way we operate. It's not the way I operate. Uh, we're trying to go out and win every football game we play. And uh, we're going to evaluate what we've been able to do, things we need to get better at. 
So six combined turnovers and just two touchdowns and back-to-back losses. Dobbs actually, unfortunately, played better before he knew the playbook. But now <laughs> they are still in that seven spot, Michael, in the NFC. Yeah. What do you because, – because of the way – I mean, the NFC is so top-heavy, and I feel like the teams at the bottom, there's a lot more parity and question marks. Do you think that Minnesota is a playoff team with Josh Dobbs still? Well, I mean, what's their competition? You know, New Orleans, I don't see them as a playoff team. I don't see Tampa as a playoff team, even though they're favored this week by, what, five against Carolina? Green Bay's the interesting team, right? Green Bay could be a team to sneak in. Big Daddy won't believe it, but they could. (laughs) I I don't see the Rams. I think the Rams are going to have a really hard time with the Browns this week. I really do. You know, for them to be a four-point favorite against anybody, the Rams, is a little bit surprising. I think they're overvalued. Seattle is sliding downward. I mean, think about it. Dallas is the fifth seed, and they're a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against Seattle on Thursday night. So you're right. It's all top-heavy. And that's saying Atlanta's got the fourth seed. You know, like, if they try to give us two teams from the the South and the NFC, we should sign a petition and say (laughs) we will not allow this. We will not allow this. You know what, Michael? It's funny you say that. We have a a wonderful edition of No Way, No Doubt coming up later on in the program, and I have a sneaking feeling you're going to like one of the topics that I threw in there for you. But what you said about Green Bay, I actually, I find them interesting. The last three, four weeks they've been playing some of their better football and obviously the upset over the Lions. Um, Maybe they could end up sneaking their way back in after what we had high expectations, I think, higher expectations than maybe we should have for Green Bay coming into the season. They obviously crashed and burned there early, but now it seems like they're starting to come into form. Uh, I don't want to go too far off of Monday Night Football, Michael, though, because obviously we need to get into the Justin Fields of it all as well and the future of this Bears franchise. The floor is yours, Michael. Have you seen enough? I mean, look, I don't know what more you have. Look, it's just you could see it in the game. When the play breaks down and he can move around, great. You know, but when he has to just execute the offense and on a consistent basis, play after play, it's just not going to happen. Now, he offers some incredible things running the football. The problem is he is a turnover machine. I mean, he turns the ball over at a rapid rate. I mean, you you can't deny that he's turnover prone, especially with the football in his hands. You know, you know, he had two fumbles against Minnesota, one against Detroit. You know, go back to Tampa game. He had two fumbles in that game. Remember the interception in the end zone? You know, the fumbles, he, he protects the ball throwing it because he won't throw it. Then he will protect it in terms of the pocket. So, yeah, I mean, they need a better passer. Here's the problem. When you have to throw the ball, he's not the guy to throw the football. He's just not. And that's going to be the problem today. It's going to be the problem going forward. It's just not going to be there for him. And he's 7-26 and 26 as a starting quarterback. I, I don't see it. I really don't. I mean, when you look at the success rate, okay, of, of him when he was a rookie, it was 38.2%, which is relatively low. Last year, it ticked down to 36.7. This year, he's at 40.6. Badgett was at 50. The way that he started the game, I was like, okay, these are some of the reasons and moments why people like Justin Fields so much. And then, obviously – Things fell apart. That stat that they played at the end of the first half, Michael, of the career-high 10 passes completed at or behind the line of scrimmage with uh, an average of 0.3 air yards on those completions, like stuff like that, I... 
Justin Fields, obviously. Why do you think they're, they, they, they had to? They had to put the bubbles. They, they killed the bubbles because all the blitzing that was going on inside and all that pressure that was coming from the inside, they had to get the ball out, and they couldn't trust him to yeah. do it, so they kept running bubbles. And so that's what I was curious is if is that a play calling thing or is that just a lack of trust from Getzi and Eberflus at this point? So it sounds like I you think, think it it's is. trust. Oh yeah, I think that, that you, your your playbook is very limited about what he can get in and get out of in terms of the execution. And 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 there's a little bit of a degree of unfairness for poor Justin Fields because you know, for these idiots that, that thought he was going to be the MVP, they put too much pressure on the kid. I kept saying in the offseason, you know, let him get good before he becomes great. Can we get him to be good? And, and, and it's just someone fair. Oh, he's going to be an MVP. I mean, how's that, how's that C.J. Stroud MVP tickets going today? I mean, come on. We get so ridiculous. With um, with the stuff with Justin Fields, even if they were to say, we keep you, we believe in you, you're going to have him on a third head coach and another coordinator and think that that's going to be a recipe for success? I don't think so. But uh, the Bears do have the first overall pick from the Carolina Panthers, and we got some more news about them when we come. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Thanksgiving continues to roll on as all of our VSEN host writers and analysts are competing in a week-long competition to see who's the best better at VSEN this week. Follow all the bets and leaderboard at VSEN.com or go to the DK Sportsbook app, select social, then betting groups where you'll be able to find our Thanksgiving group to follow all of the action. I need to check that leaderboard. Yesterday I was in second place. I don't know what's changed, but we all want this bad boy right here. The Thanksgiving. Hey, you look good belt. with that on. 
I think so. Throw it over the shoulder. Be nice. JVT mm -hmm. was in the lead yesterday, so I'll have to I'll have to keep tabs on all things bets giving leaderboard, Michael. Um, yesterday, obviously, we had the big news that Frank Reich was let go of, uh, as head coach of the Carolina Panthers after the one in yeah. ten start. It was the earliest that a head coach has been fired in his first season in forty five years, and today. David Tepper, owner of the Carolina Panthers, spoke to media a little bit on his reasoning behind the Frank Reich firing and his plans for the organization moving forward. Some of his answers, though, were a little bit confusing. Take a listen. There are different reasons why different things happened in each, each case. Um, you guys see, like I said, everything is out in the field. Everything is known over time. And I think people know it. The league knows it. And people in the league know it. So I think that... Um, if we were, if we, everything was perfect, it wouldn't be the case. And everything was good, it wouldn't be the case. So it's not as if it's not known out there reasons. And, you know, that will be something for people to decide. Just generally speaking, and not here, but, and not that this matters because this is here. But, you know, in other aspects of my life, we have people for 20, 30 years that work for me. Nobody ever leaves me. So that is a long roundabout way to discuss the Frank Reich firing, but he did say he'd like to have a coach here for 20 years, Michael, that in other avenues of his life, he does ex express major patience and that he does have that element to his game. We just haven't seen that to this point. So what do you make of what Tepper had to say? I think what he said was exactly what I've been saying. It was pretty obvious on the tape, right? It was pretty obvious on the tape. This team was not good. It wasn't good this summer. And when he said the league knows it, what he's referring to is people that do this for a living, that watch tape for a living. They know what they're looking at, and it wasn't good. And as I've said on this show before this happened, there was no way he was coming back. You couldn't bring him back. There was, there was such a disconnect between player development, between coaching, between structure within the organization, between – expectation. It was bad. It was a bad hire. The question shouldn't be, why did they fire Frank? The question should be, are you going to make the same mistake again? How did you hire Frank? That's the question. Because as I said on the podcast, I think Frank had post-traumatic syndrome. I think the Carson Wentz thing just completely destroyed his confidence as a coach. It destroyed his inertia to want to be great. And I think it ended right there, and they hired him. So the question is not why did you fire Frank. That's obvious. Why did you hire Frank? Yeah, and NFL Network's Cameron Rolf said that he was hearing that Frank Reich had been telling his assistants for weeks now that he knew that he was going to be fired, that this was coming. And, of course, we, from the outside looking in, kind of thought the writing was on the wall based on the press conference that he gave earlier this season when he was kind of speaking and we're all reading between the lines on what he had to say about the draft and the process of everything behind the scenes in his conversations with David Tepper when they went on to select Bryce Young. He also, in this press conference, discussed the decision-making process for going ahead and drafting Bryce Young as well as hiring Frank Reich as a head coach. So here's this other part of Tepper's presser today. It's just not the way the process was done. The process was done the way the process was done. And again, even though if there was a process with five people in the room and, four, and the way the votes came in, it was Frank was the first choice, I always could veto that choice. And even if it was Bryce and the votes came in unanimously in this particular case, I could have vetoed that choice. 
In both cases, I supported both choices. Okay. I'm just going to say that I supported both choices. I supported the coaches. I supported the scouts, their unanimous opinion. Um, and I supported uh, Frank Reich. So um, whatever's good, bad, or indifferent is ultimately because the buck stops here. And I take full responsibility for everything. But that's the way the process runs. So, Michael, obviously, like none of us know what really goes on behind closed doors in in his life and the way that he is managing this team. But do you get the sense that that is how he's approached it, that he's really yeah. just taken it from a veto power approach and he hasn't been putting his thumb on the weight? Or how have you viewed it? No, I think he has. I think I think. But but I think you, what the what's left out of that conversation are people are intimidated to go against what he thinks. That's the biggest issue. Right. As a leader. When you know you have all the authority, if you give your opinion first, everybody's just going to say yes to that because they want it to be easy. They want it. Nobody wants confrontation. Nobody wants to have, you know, the argument. If you go first and say, I want Bryce Young, everybody's going to say it. Now they go to the water cooler. They say, I don't really like Bryce Young. Mm. You know, it's the NFL is a very very difficult behind-the-scenes league where everybody wants to be right at the end of the day. And so you never really get a full, full, honest opinion where you say, okay, this is what I think. And, it, it, and you have career survival if you don't say what you think. If you just go along and bounce around, you'll stay for 30 years. Nobody will get mad at you. You'll have no enemies. But if you give an opinion... And it's different than the opinion of the most of most people, like my opinion of fields. You're going to create some some hostility and you're going to be ran out of most organizations when you do that. It just is part of the NFL. So what I think Tepper saying is completely true. The problem is he didn't build a process to eliminate the bias that goes into the meeting. It wasn't just pure, unadulterated truth. Nobody has the guts to stand up and say, David, if you take this guy, it's going to be a huge mistake. Mm. They're not doing that. They want to keep their jobs. Now, I happen to agree. I like Bryce Young. I would have been in that room defending Bryce Young. But it's not picking Bryce Young that's the problem. The problem is what's the plan for Bryce Young? That was never answered. That was never answered. You and I sat here all spring and said, okay, Bryce Young, Good run game, good offensive line that can run block, good defense. All he's got to do come in, throw it 25 times, make some good plays. You know, maybe go nine and seven, nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven, maybe seven. I don't know, but they're going to be in it. We didn't think they were going to have this ultimate collapse on offense and defense. And who could have? Tepper couldn't have either. But the problem was, Tepper hired the wrong coach. And the way things have played out, Young this season completed 61% of his pass attempts, 1,877 yards, nine touchdowns, eight picks in 10 games. He's been sacked 40 times, 74.9 passer rating. The Panthers offense as a whole ranks 29th in points scored and 30th in yardage. It's been bad. It's a bad roster. And now as you try to retool and rebuild, you don't have a first-round pick next year because of the selection of Bryce Young this past year. But when you talk about people being intimidated 
is there a way like are you looking for a head coach that you think is going to challenge you I don't think so if you're an owner right because you want to play fantasy football you want to play fantasy owner he likes having his hands involved in everything even though his expertise that made him billions of dollars is in a different avenue it's not in football you think trust the football minds but do you want a head coach that's going to come in and challenge you if you're David Tepper he probably doesn't he should because he'll get the right answers if he finds that. That's what he needs. That's what he needs more than anything. He needs that. He needs to just, you, what you're after, if you're after winning, if winning is your agenda, then that's what you want. Well, and that's what he says he wants. He wants to win now. I just feel like having watched this team as closely as I have, you know, I'm married to a Panthers fan, so I have to be fully in this every single day. There's not a lot of faith in in his ownership and what he's done because of the fact that you have had now six different coaches, a revolving door. Tabor, even, who's the special teams coordinator that's in the interim, he's been given no assurances that he's going to have an opportunity should things go well and they happen to turn things around to take off the back end of the season that he'll have an opportunity. We saw what happened with Steve Wilkes last year when he was such a positive force and they played great the back end of the year and he didn't end up getting the job. So I, I really hesitate to believe that David Tepper will hire the right guy. But if he does, maybe he gets a Bill Walsh like the 45 years ago last time that somebody was fired from San Francisco. Maybe he gets a Doug Peterson the way that the the, the Jacksonville Jaguars after Urban Meyer. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we're just going to have to wait and see because I don't know if he's going to be able to structure it so that this can happen. I think that's the biggest concern is – you're asking, he's never defined what he wants as an organization. All he talks about is what he wants as an owner uh, uh, for, the, for the offense. Yeah, and again, we put, they put all these pieces in place to surround Bryce Young and nothing else, right? Like they have these coaches that are here to develop Bryce Young, but you didn't have all of the other pieces from the team to help make that come through. So a lot still to be figured out in Carolina. We've got to step aside here on the Lombardi line. But when we come back, we're going to look at some of the games coming up this week, week 13 of the NFL and some streaks. Will they continue or not? This is the Lombardi line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can also check on the top VEASAN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. For VEASAN Pro picks, betting splits, betting guides, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. You can sign up on our Black Friday special now and get access to everything we do through May 1st for only $60. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is uh, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, Michael, but I feel like on McAfee, it needs to be Michael Lombardi Tuesday today, no. okay? Like, obviously, you are the headline. Tuesdays. I'm usually not on Tuesday. Usually, I'm on Thursday or Friday, but some reason I got called out of the bullpen on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just got to put your coat on, take the take the golf hat in, and go. <laughs> they needed a new headliner, Michael, so they had to bring you in. Obviously, uh, we'll see though. Of course, if anything com- comes out of Aaron Rodgers this week, uh, interesting situation with the Jets, and always so much to discuss uh, in terms of their future this season or lack thereof with Tim Boyle as their starting quarterback currently. Mm-hmm. But Michael, as we look to Week 13 of the National Football League. There are a lot of 
interesting games and spreads and a lot of interesting streaks. So I'm going to hit you with a few of these and see if you think based on these numbers or other factors, obviously, of course, that go into it, if the streak is going to continue or not. So starting with the biggest game of the week, the San Francisco 49ers in Philly taking on the Eagles this week. The under has hit in four straight Niners-Eagles matchup. The total in this game, 47, and San Francisco is the top scoring defense in the NFL. What do you think? Uh, I think the streak ends. I don't think the you, the streak on the over or the under. The under it's hitting four. The under is hitting four straight of this in this series. I think the streak. I think the streak continues. I'm going to go under here. I just think to me, if the Niners run the football, the game gets slower. Look, I, I think the last thing the Eagles need is a is a track meet. I mean, they played ninety some plays last week. I mean, how many plays do you think they want to play this week? So I think they need to slow the game down. I think the under comes in here. I think this is a tough spot for the Eagles based on obviously the last two weeks against Kansas City and then, of course, Buffalo. And now the way that San Francisco is peaking, this spread, Michael, open pick them. And yesterday was two and a half, now all the way up to three. Do you think this is where it's going to hold? Yeah, I do. I think I think there's going to be some buyback on Philly. I think, look, Philly's smart on how they handle the situation. They're not going to go out there and practice tomorrow and have a three-hour practice. They know they need rest and recovery more than anything. They played 92 plays. They know they have to play better offensively, and it's going to be critical. I mean, what we haven't discussed is where's Lane Johnson in the, this game. Mm-hmm. Last week against Buffalo, without Lane Johnson, they got away with it. Because even though Buffalo prides itself on having a great pass rush, they couldn't get anywhere in the game with their pass rush. But this game, this game, San Francisco will get somewhere with their pass rush. And if they put the wrong player at right tackle, you know who's going to be lined up over him? It ain't going to be Chase Young. It's going to be Mr. (laughs) Bosa. And so that's going to be a real issue. Yeah, that defensive front coming at you without one of your stars up front is going to be tough. Uh, let's move it forward. The Denver Broncos, Michael, after their 1-5 and five start, have won five straight games. Does the streak continue on Sunday? Broncos are a three-point dog in Houston. On the money line, you can get plus 140 for Denver to get the dub. You know, I do think the streak continues. I think it's a good play. Look, I think I wrote about this this morning. I mean, anytime you're going to get a – the Broncos are going to play close games from here on out. The, the way they play lends itself to a close game. Now, the Cleveland game got away from them because we saw DTR get hurt and the game slipped and it became a little bit. But this game, I think, will be a back and forth. I think this game – I think, you know, the, the Texans are a huge public play right now. The line opened at three. It went to three and a half mm-hmm. immediately. So – but I, I think this Bronco team will move the football effectively. And I just think, to me, C.J. Stroud struggled a little bit last week. He's, turn, he's turned the ball over a little bit too much lately. I, I like the Broncos here Yeah, you're on good. a Tuesday. Now, I hold the right to change my <laughs> mind. Bill 80, don't write that down yet. So I, I do hold my cha- I hold that. Well, and speaking of that vcin.com slash picks page that we were talking about earlier, you want to make sure you are checking that firmly on, on Fridays and Saturdays because, Michael, when you give out those picks, they have been hot lately, 4-0 this past week. But I do like that hook with the Broncos this week that they're getting that extra little 3.5. The Texans are also, while, while we continue the streaking conversation, 0-7 ATS their last seven games as a favorite, including 0 for against the spread in the favorites role this season. The Titans, Michael, 
their lone win in November came this past weekend against the Carolina Panthers, and they've won just four games all season. But all four of them have come at home. The Titans have won mm -hmm. and covered in all four of their home games. Does that streak continue? They're getting a point and a half against Indy this week. Yeah, that line was two this morning when I woke up. Now it's down to two. Now people are betting the tight. Look, I've said this all along. I don't think the streak continues. I, the Colts have a chance to really move the football. And the way Levis is playing, it's so inconsistent. It's all over the lot. And this offensive line, this offensive line for the Titans is not good. Look, that's a 17-10 to 10 game last week. And Carolina had every opportunity to get back into it. They just weren't well coached and really didn't handle it very well. I think the Colts, which, you know, they won they lost they won in Indianapolis twenty-three to sixteen. You know, they were able to to move the ball. They had four hundred and twenty-nine yards on them in the last game. I think they'll move the football in this game on them too. I, I like the Colts here. I think the streak ends. What did you make of the report this morning from Ian Rappaport about Jonathan Taylor? Said he's dealing with a thumb injury that requires further evaluation and puts his status yeah. in doubt moving forward. Like, that's a little sounds bit like, vague. Well, it sounds like he has a broken thumb. That's what I read it as. You know, and this combination of Moss and, and Taylor finally got going a little bit, right? Yeah. But this is a game where, you know, Minshew's going to have to play well on the road throwing the ball. Now, here's the thing we know about Minshew. He's 2-16 in games where the opponent, straight up, where the opponent scores 20 or more points. Can you think Tennessee can score 20? I don't. I don't. I think it's one of those 17-13 type games, kind of a little bit like last week yeah. against the Panthers. Well, and well, I do think that if there is a positive about the Carolina Panthers, it is their defense. Still, the fact that you could only put up 17 on them shows how problematic you're you are offensively as a team. And to your point about Taylor, I, I was more curious about your thoughts on the moving forward, putting his status in question moving forward, like for how long? Because even after he injured the finger in the game this past weekend, he still had another 11 carries and 65 yards. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's the, the hard thing is it's hard to get that ground game going, you know, and I look, both teams need to run the football in this game. I mean, let's neither quarterback can carry the load stormy. How about those Carolina Panthers? They've stayed under in a to in the ugh, excuse me. They've stayed under the total in their last five games. They've got the Bucks this week, and the total continues to tick down 37, 37 and a half, the number I'm seeing. Uh, I don't see this turning around to where the streak breaks here. I would go with the streak continuing because there's only so much that Thomas Brown can do. This team isn't practiced hard enough. The culture's not good. I mean, they can make the change all they want. But they can't change the offense. You know, Frank wants to, We saw Thomas Brown take over the play calling two weeks ago, and it didn't work. Spread five and a half in that game as well. The Cleveland Browns, Michael, you mentioned this game with the Rams coming up and the spread being five. The Browns have covered six straight games after a loss, and they're 8-0-1 ATS their last nine after a loss. Could that streak continue against L.A.? Laying five. Getting five now? Oh, I think that streak stays alive. Yeah, look, I, I mean, the, if it's not going to be DTR, it's going to be Flacco. And they're going to run the ball on the Rams. And how are the Rams going to run the ball? I said this last week. You always want to play the Rams in games where they can run the football. You don't want to play the Rams where they can't. I know that goes against the conventional wisdom when it, when it comes to McVay because he, you got Cooper Cup and you got McVay. You got to play the Rams. Well, everything is predicated on the run. 
You know, when they played Pittsburgh and lost to Pittsburgh at home, it was because they can't run the ball in Pittsburgh. They're not going to be able to run the ball in Cleveland. And, and Stafford, they're going to have a hard time protecting. Even if Miles Garrett's 50%, they're going to have a really hard time protecting. This is a hard game, a really hard game for the Rams. I think it's a really hard game for the Rams. And I do apologize. It opened five. It is three and a half. You are correct. That was that was my fault. I was looking at the wrong thing here. But three and a half, I still like it where it stands there at the hook. Um, the Cardinals, yeah, me too. The Cardinals, Michael, have lost it nine. It won't be there for long. It won't be there for long. I'll hit you with one more in this last minute. The Cardinals have lost nine straight road games. They've got the Steelers this week. Do they fall once again? Streak stays alive, Stormy. This is the perfect game for the Steelers. Whenever the Steelers can play against a bad defense, like they did last week against Cincinnati, they always look a little better than they are. I love it. Uh, Arizona, last week I expected a, a much better performance than what we ultimately ended up getting. But the Steelers, Michael, another one of those teams that just keeps on sticking around. And I like that they keep on having opportunities to win because that season win total is about to be over. And I have been waiting for that all year. I don't know if you heard, but Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Fun fact. I'm fully aware of this. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break here on the Lombardi line. But when we return, it is another day of no way or no doubt. We've got some fun big picture topics, including one I know that Michael is going to be hot and heavy about. Stay with us right here on the Lombardi line. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, you know DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSEN. The crown is yours. Disagree with these takes? No way. Uh, no way. Or. Well, our open is a little bit wonky today, but 
Uh-uh, no way. Time for today's edition of No Way or No Doubt. Michael, whether or not we are finding out if you agree or disagree with some of these fire and hot takes around the National Football League, and we are going to start with the fact that there are a lot of teams that are in need of change of 2024, but the Carolina Panthers will be the most challenging rebuild. No way or no doubt? Uh... No doubt that that obviously it's going to be because of the assets that they have. But like we saw in Houston, if they get the right team and they build the right team or get the right coach and build the right team around them, I think there can be a way out of this because I'm not convinced Young is a bust. I'm really not. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not ready to give up. And I'm not saying this because I liked Young coming out. I'm not. I think this Carolina team's better. I think it underachieved. I think Frank did a horrible job. I think that they also need a, some better offensive line play and some other weapons around him. But I agree with you. I don't think he's a bust either. So we shall see. But it is an uphill battle for Carolina, especially knowing that another team has their top overall pick this year. Now, there was a report from Adam Schefter yesterday, Michael, saying that he firmly believes that there will be 7-10 to 10 head coaching vacancies when mm-hmm. all is said and done at the end of the season. No way or no doubt, there could be 10 head coaches gone by the end of the year. No doubt. No doubt. And there are going to be some surprises. I think there's definitely going to be some surprises. I think everybody just assumes the Jets are safe. Everybody just assumes it's good. we're going to run it back because everybody works for Aaron. I'm not sure that's the case. I mean, Woody Johnson's, his payroll, he spent more money on this year's team than, than any other team in the National Football League. There's three teams that spent the most money. Cleveland, Houston, and the Jets. Now, Houston's getting some rewards for the money they spent. However, that being said, the Jets aren't. So I do think Adam is right. There's no doubt there's going to be a lot of openings. So Bears, Commanders, Chargers are the obvious ones outside of Vegas and Carolina that's already happened. The Cardinals, could they be worked in there no, as a two-win team? I don't, no, I, I don't think so. I think the Cardinals, I think he's safe. I think what the Cardinals are trying to decide is what do they do? I mean, okay. from what I'm told reliably, that Kyler Murray has done everything they've asked him to do. He's been very cooperative. He understands that his future's at stake here. And he's been a good teammate. I think the fundamental question that they have to ask in Arizona, is he good enough? Yeah, he got all this money. And yeah, he makes a couple good plays here and there. But the last two weeks, has he done anything? I don't think so. You watch the games closely. So I think they have to decide if they have a high pick, is Murray better than the high pick, or is the high pick better than Murray? And then they know they could trade Murray somewhere. I mean, Murray's not going to run out of the league. This isn't a situation like Mac Jones where nobody's going to touch him as a starter, but his value will have gone down. Okay, so if we think that we've got the, the five already that we know about, then the Jets is six, not Cardinals. Patriots, I know, are one that is talked about yep. a lot. Titans that could be one. is talked about. As a, I, mean, I don't maybe see the trade. Titans happening. I, I think the owner of the Titans loves Mike Vrabel and is not letting Mike Vrabel go. Falcons? I, I think a lot of it depends on how it works towards the end of the year. I think, you know, I mean, does he salvage the season? I think there's a lot at stake here. The next six weeks are going to determine a lot of these coaches. Tampa Bay is another one. How about New Orleans? I mean, New Orleans isn't happy with anything right now. Yeah. Let me just say that. New Orleans, that whole AFC South, I don't think there's a – I mean, Big Daddy should be the commissioner of the AFC, <laughs> NFC South because nobody's happy down there, That whole including NFC, him. 
That whole division should have a coaching change, coaching turnover, everything. That division <laughs> is a mess, which brings me to my next point. Michael, no way or no doubt. The NFL just needs to rework this playoff format so the top seven teams from each conference get in. I agree with that. Like, I agree with that. Like, why are we settling for, you know, I look, if you win your division, you're automatically in, but then you're competing against the field after that, right? I think that's fair. I like that. I like that. You, If you win your division, you're automatically in. Like, if you win your conference, and then it's everything gets thrown into a pot, and you compete against the – and we'll take the next best teams. But if Buffalo doesn't make it, and let's say Indy does, and there's a good chance – if you look at Indy's schedule, right, there's a good chance Indy can make it. I mean, this you know, they've got six wins. They probably can get to ten. They don't play a hard quarterback. The remainder of the year, the hardest quarterback they're going to play – is C.J. Stroud in the last game of the season when it may not even matter. Mm. So I think for me, you know, would you rather watch Buffalo if they were 9-7 and or the Colts? I certainly would rather watch (laughs) Buffalo. I am with you there. I just think that the winner of the NFC South should get booted. We can't have a sub-500 division winner. We we just can't. But uh, the future is grim. How about this one? I digress. How about this one? Justin Fields no longer playing for his job the rest of the season. The decision should be made. The Bears need yep. to take a quarterback with their top pick. No doubt. No doubt. The, the, there's no more, you know, all love Femi to death, but there's no more we're looking at. We need more time. We don't need more time. We need a, as there's a great quote by a, an artist who said, I don't need more time. I need a deadline. It was actually Duke Ellington said that. And, and that's the case here. We don't need more time. I've seen enough. Watch it last night. Watch it. If you understand how to play the quarterback position, and you know what it takes to win playoff games, and you watch that last night, there's no chance you can make the case that that's going to win a Super Bowl or compete for a Super Bowl. There's no way that's going to happen. And I don't care how much the worldwide leader goes into their spreadsheets and all this stuff, and they defend him, and he's playing really well and get him the MVP. I'm just telling you, it ain't going to happen. This is only the second games the, Bear, the Bears have won this season with him playing a full game at quarterback, and they didn't score a touchdown. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, They're just saying. I'm just saying. How about this one? Sean McDermott is the problem in Buffalo. No way or no doubt. Uh, no doubt. I mean, look, the, 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 the reality here is, the reality here is, and it's kind of skirted under the issue. Their defense get lost the game last week. Their defense lost the game. The offense is on the field for 92 plays. They couldn't stop Philly from scoring. Philly scored seven points in the first half, and they scored, what, 31 in the second in the second half in overtime? They couldn't stop them when they needed to. Here's how you measure a good team. When the opponent has to throw the ball and the defense can stop them from throwing it, you can close out the game. You've built this team. On pass rushers, you got Von Miller, Rosario. You got all these guys. Ed Oliver, one of the best. Teams. Nobody got near. Nobody got near Hurts. Nobody got near him. Don't and and they didn't. And how many? I didn't see that stat come up on the graphic. Where what's the Eagles' record without Lane Johnson? That kind of got buried away. With with Buffalo, Michael, because you mentioned how you'd rather see them in the playoffs rather than Indy. Would you be willing to bet the the Bills to make the playoffs? No way or no doubt. The Bills are a good bet at plus 475 to make the postseason. I like them to make it. And here's why I like them. Because we can't predict the uncertainty that's going through it. Look, they got three games at the end of the year. I, I think the Chargers, the Patriots, and then Miami, okay? 
and they can beat all three of those teams. Miami may not play in the game. They've got Kansas City in a game that they have to play, and then they have Dallas. So if they split those two, right, they're they're ten and seven. I think that gets them in. I would play it. I really would, because you can't count Allen out. You just can't. And because they're so, they're on such an edge to get in. He's going to take over the games. It's no more. I'm saving myself for the season. He's yeah. going to be the leading runner. He's going to be the leading thrower. It's going to be the Josh Allen show. Yeah, you love seeing that last game, despite obviously the interception when you couldn't afford to have it. The way that he was using his legs is what makes him dy- dynamic and what makes him an incredible player. Last one here. Sean Payton has fixed Russell Wilson. No way or no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> he stopped him from playing. Russell early in the year was averaging 30, almost 32 passes a game. Now he's down to 26. Russ, you're just not cooking, brother. We got your apron. You're no more. You don't need an apron. You're the maitre d' now. You're going to seat people. You got to make sure everybody. And you know what else he's done for him? He's made them likable. Yeah. I don't, there's nobody that doesn't. You see the team kind of has rallied around him a little bit. He's ran. He ran the ball 11 times the other day. So yes, he's fixed them because he's basically said, Russ, we're not cooking. Yeah. We're not, the, you know, we're not cooking. You're not taking any orders. You're going to be the maitre d' here at this restaurant. You're going to seat people and everybody else is going to help you look good. He's not cooking, but he's not cooked either, which was the fear. So good for there Russell go. Wilson. Well, what a word play. There we go. Um, he's got his confidence back, too. And I like what you said about the likability, because while, yes, for those of us that watch his postgame press conferences, we still cringe a little bit inside when he says yeah. some of the things that he says. But it's good that the people around him are rallying around him. And it's made a huge difference. Like we said earlier, five-game win streak for the Denver Broncos. And we'll dive into a little bit more of the Sean Payton effect that he has had in Denver down the stretch, as well as continuing to look back on Monday Night Football. Don't go anywhere. We return on the Lombardi Line next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 